Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. We have a very special episode for you today, but before we get into that, a quick reminder as always, if you're listening to this right now, please rate and review this five stars on Apple's podcast app. That goes a very, very long way. And also I want to hear from all of you on what can be better about the show, what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, uh, guests you want me to have on, topics you want me to cover, uh, different ways I can diversify the content. I want to hear from you, so hit me up, WTG at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at felix.levine. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can find all video versions of everything that I record on my YouTube channel. So go subscribe to that. Turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. And I think that's it for housekeeping. But today, we have a very special guest. For all of you reality TV fans out there, she is a legend of the game. She was on 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom. Please welcome the one and only... Farah Abraham. And we're live. Farah, it is, first of all, it's a pleasure to meet you, and it's an honor to have you on my show. Thank you for uh, for taking time out of your busy day to, to do so. Oh, my gosh. Where is this going, Felix? Where is, you tell me, Farah. Where is this going? <laughs> where is this going? Is this a first date or is this a podcast? I don't know. I guess we'll find out at the end. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's, uh, so I told you a few seconds ago, is there a tidbit, a little something that the world doesn't know about you from what's out there? I mean, I would say maybe like my, I guess nobody knows how hard <laughs> I've been working on my educational goals and some people would like side, I guess with me, like, I don't know, maybe like moving on from Harvard and like what my side of the story is, I guess like that's not really talked about because everyone's so in of Ivy League schools rather than like the hard work that it goes into and like mistreatment sometimes through school so like nobody probably really knows that story but I'm always like hustling on my education so will you I mean very briefly because I, I I saw a little bit of this story about Harvard um will you give a, a very brief background for the people who are listening or are not familiar with what's going on okay yeah um so I just had to okay so I decided to take the online 12 month, like accelerated, like screenwriting program. I normally, if people have followed me from like day one on 16 and pregnant to like my end of my term of teen mom, I normally am like online program person just because when I do show up in person, a lot of bad stuff happens to me <laughs> just trying to get through school. And so I was like, wow, Harvard is like one of the people who like opened up for like fast online programs. I'm going to just jump on it because It'll, it will help me and it's fast. So I went through the admissions, did everything, started. And I was like the same day that I started um, one of like the general courses, not even like my specificity, which is screenwriting. I was urged and emailed after an amazing class. Like she's like, that's amazing. Like happiness, like everything's good. Right. Then she urges me in an email to drop my course 
She says, I have a neurological problem and it's literally like opposite of what I experienced. And I was so like, is I've never witnessed this. And I'm like on my master's courses. So I'm like, okay, there's something wrong with this teacher. And I try to be like online. So I don't have to deal with like the drama. And she just brought it on the first day. So I just had asked, Hey, can you please put on the Dean? Can you please put on like admissions, like transfer me out or do whatever you got to do. But like, I'm getting my education and I have already paid for it. So figure it out. Um, so she kept thinking like her horrible emails to me over weeks, like for a month, were going to stop me and deter me. I did tell her to get in line with all the other haters online because I'm like, who does this lady think she is? Um, this is like fifth grade level. It's like a humanities course. We've already gotten this done and I can't even believe I'm paying for this. Um, but sure enough, uh, it was a holiday week while everyone is probably like celebrating 4th of July. I'm literally doing like, I don't know, schoolwork and everything else and stressed out about it and making sure that it's getting in there. When I went to go hop on my zoom class, the only way you could literally fail your courses online is by not attending your zoom classes. She literally got me blocked out of my class wow. from the Dean unannounced. And then she also was slandering against me by saying that I didn't correspond or connect with her over the holiday break. And therefore she was going to block me out and I'm not turning in my assignments, which all of them are turned in. So you can only imagine how many legal issues I've been in over the years and how prepared I am to just. I guess, I guess like to Harvard, but, um, yeah. So I have never witnessed someone saying I have a neurological problem when I'm like a honors, a plus student. And I literally just got my BFA like months ago and I had extreme honors. So I, and then I had another class and I, and I don't know, it's weird at Harvard, you can pay a higher rate for a master's program, but you can have a sophomore in your class who pays a lower rate. So I don't know how we're getting taught anything any better at master's levels when like a sophomore's in there and paying a less of a fee. Um, and I've never witnessed a school doing that. And I'm shocked an Ivy League school does that. Really shocking. But I learned a lot. And I think I'm never going to go to Harvard if I don't get a full ride scholarship. I'm never going to tolerate someone treating me like crap and abusing me, like literally that is psychological, financial abuse, number one. And I don't deal with that in my family life, my personal relationships or me doesn't do that to me. So, um, I turned it into like seven departments, diversity, inclusion, um, discrimination department. I, I don't know. Admissions. I mean, the Dean was on there. He never called me, never answered my emails back. So yes, as helpless and as discriminated and blocked out as I was, um, and I also had to turn it into my bank to, uh, because it was fraud because like they didn't return my money. And it's not my issue that someone blocked me out of attending my class to fail me. Um, so yeah, I had to withdraw so that wouldn't be on my transcript and screw up my record, my academic record. But yeah, um, my other class like outstanding exceeds expectations. I was asked to even speak in the class. Fuck yeah. So um, I do know, like, I'm not the only student in the world who is dealing with discrimination, dealing with 
educational abuse of some sort. And I think all of these schools that are claiming, yeah, we have a mental health and uh, therapy department, which Harvard claims, um, but yet they're causing abuse. Then they have like writer's centers and the writer's centers don't even work for you. They claim that they have all these things and they're doing all this good, but they're actually ignoring problems, making worse problems and hurting their students and claiming that they have more problems than they don't have. Um, and if anyone knows me, I am always working on my mental health, well, like wellness, healing um, from like psychiatrists to like therapists to all that, because what I do is very demanding. And yeah, if anyone has a neurological problem, it's probably the teacher who really needs to be tested and or fired. Well, I think it's also a, uh, a badass power move of you to, uh, to talk about this while repping a, a Harvard shirt. Yeah, I mean, I bought the shirt. And I think Harvard does an exceptional job of marketing. Harvard does such a good job of marketing. I actually think the only way Harvard floats is by the marketing. Like, oh my God, you're so smart and you're so like wealthy and you're so this if you have a Harvard logo. But that's really not the truth. And that's really not like this systemic psychological fuckery, if you will, that people have been passed down generation to generation of Harvard is literally wrong. And when I say that to like, you know, I'm going to, I'm getting ready for law school, but I'm switching to a Christian uh, university because clearly I don't treat myself as bad as Harvard treats people. Um, and it's being taught by a Harvard student. And when he knows that I don't take no, 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 and I will not be taught, you know, to succumb to who was ever thinking, but that's really what like a winner and a fighter does and a leader does. You don't need to lose yourself and become somebody else to pass a humanities course. Like it's not worth it. Um, and I think individuality needs to be rewarded more and more people should not have to conform to get a A or an E at Harvard. <laughs> I, I agree, but I'm also... I'm curious just on a, on a personal level um, and kind of taking you back uh, to your earlier years, have you always had this kind of fiery fighter instinct um, and, you know, making sure that justice is served for yourself, uh, you know, ever since you were young? Is this some, or is this something you developed over time? Okay, so because I've been really going through, <laughs> because Felix, I've been really going through a becoming a woman-like phase in my life. And... Turning 30 has been a huge thing on top of like all these legal battles I'm going through right now. And I would say, because of my therapy, um, I know from like being young, I what like I had to like I had to be a survivor. And no one knew like where to put me or like where, like what is Farah? And it was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna be a part of like this click that click I don't need to fit in I don't need to be like super white American like I'm gonna go do my best and my best was like getting medals and winning awards and like standing out in whether that was singing or choir or theater or sports like I used to play football with the boys like I had to be taken to the hospital because like they just knocked me out one day um I love to be involved but I also knew like People just don't relate to me. Do you still feel that way? No, I mean, look, I am so grateful that I put myself out there for the right reasons to be on TV. 
which was making an impact obviously for lesser than looked at lesser than um, women who, if you're a teen, you can't be a good parent. But in fact, I've, I'm the best damn parent I've seen around. Um, so I'm happy that I put myself out there on TV and I don't think I don't fit in because of certain things. I think a lot of, man, I have so much, I have so many letters and so many emails and so many this and so many that, that I can't even keep up. But what I am grateful and thankful for is that I know that like other students or that other teen moms don't need to feel like they can't go to Harvard just because of money or status or this or that. And honestly, it's not about paying your way to get in or paying your way to have friends or like it is hard work. It is tactics. It is being smart. And I really just don't rely on money for anything to get me anywhere. I don't rely on who I know to get me anywhere. I honestly like, I just like live in positivity. And I hope like that is my focus and other people can focus on that. I don't know. I, I think there's a big, I'm like, what is it there? I think there is a big change coming and I hope that I can be a part of that. Um, I'm a part of a lot of boards like Women in Film, um, Hollywood Chamber, and I'm always pushing on the back end and taking hard meetings uh, so other people can live better lives each day. And I think, you know, in, in kind of looking into your story and listening to some of your past interviews over the past couple of days, I think that there's um, a lot of misconceptions. And even in talking to you, you can tell that uh, you know, if someone doesn't know your story, they might think one thing about you. What do you think for yourself is the biggest misconception about Pharaoh? Oh boy, I think I've been out of it. I think I've been like, eat, love, pray, Pharaoh for a little bit. I might be so out of touch of like, what a, what's a big misconception? Um, I don't know. You know, like recently, um, everyone, uh, a lot of the people who I'm working around are like, Farah, are you like going to do reality TV again? Yes or no, Farah? Like, what is going on? And I just said, you know, like, I envision myself like getting a star on the walk of fame. And I don't really see doing anything that's not like forward thinking or good for the world is going to make me feel good about having a star on the walk of fame. I literally stare at the walk of fame every day. And I, I've seen so many men, so many uh, not really that many women getting stars on the walk of fame, but I've been seeing a lot of men outside of my window getting stars. And I also attend them. Um, but you know, I was on Dr. Phil and I saw him getting a star and I thought to myself, like, if people don't realize like the directory of their career and they just start, keep taking things. Right. So I kept saying no, no, no. For the past three years, of lots of shows, lots of show opportunities to the point where it's upsetting my agents, it's upsetting my managers. And I, you know, they're like, what about money? And, you know, people stress about things that I just like literally just don't care about. And when I kept seeing people getting, oh, by the way, this is the only way I got on the Hollywood chamber, by the way, I saw a gentleman who was recently like the show got canceled because of like abuse and lies and some other things going on in the press at the time. He was getting a star on the walk of fame. I recorded him and he was like manhandling his kids and kind of being like, obviously showing abusive tendencies. And I was just like, I can't believe this person is getting a star on the walk of fame. Like I almost literally felt like, should I just go grab like eggs out of my refrigerator and just like drop the egg carton and call it a day? Cause that's how I really felt about it. 
And so I did say something and yes, the chamber did make me take off my tweet, but I was just like, no amount of money or no amount of who you know, like no one like that should get a star on the Walk of Fame and be a part of a historical district. Like it's just not good history. And by me being a part of a chamber now, it's like, wow, lots of things have changed. We've gone through some dark times during uh, COVID and all of these uh, uprisings around here and crime and dark times in Los Angeles. Um, and I am just like so excited to make a comeback for women and positive change and doing like good history in Hollywood. Um, so if anyone can feel it, like I'm a survivor, I'll probably like survive like a Holocaust if it ever happens again. Um, and I'm just very excited to just do a lot of good, but I do know like so many of my fans, so many people who just relate, whether that's hell yeah, I work hard for my education. Hell yeah. I'm just trying not to like succumb to the negativity and the hate. They're always reaching out and just trying to like say good for you. And I, and I equally urge people to like run for office, run for something you care about. Like my neighbors in the office, like we attend city council meetings, they care. They're passionate about something. They don't want any more like mental illness running around. And I think all of us should be a part It's all of our world. And, um, it's sad, like people just like to silence people and act like nothing happens. And I think <laughs> I've been assaulted and attacked recently a lot. <laughs> I just had to put someone in jail like two days ago again. And I just can't let things go anymore. It's just kind of gotten wacky. <laughs> Do we, can anybody anticipate a run for office from, from yourself? Yeah, I actually um, commented just slightly, um, that I will be running for office. I think if we have mayors and if we have governors and if we have other people who are doing very bad things to our society and inflicting and infecting communities and societies with crime and bad culture, then why can't a stand-up mom do better? So I know that I'm not going to touch people inappropriately. I know I'm not going to drug, hurt, power trip. Um, I'm, I know I would never do that, um, but I think we all have criminal tendencies within us. But if you have a lack of self-control, then I would just urge, like my teacher who urged me to get out of class, even though that's my right, um, I would urge people who have a lack of self-control to not be in positions of power because you will abuse other people, you will break laws, and you will find yourself in jail what's the point what kinds of positions do you see yourself um running for specifically if you've given it any thought you know what i used to babysit um and they're probably going to hear this and i i'm not going to like shout them out because i don't want to uh ruin anything for them in office but i used to babysit for a senator and i love 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 them so dearly and i'm happy that they check up on me and they're always just like yeah, that's the fair we know. Like, they don't care if I have my ups and my downs. And I think maybe I would be a senator. I A lot of people over the years were always like, there would be a diplomat. She's always traveling. She knows culture. She knows how to get in and out of things. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I can't foresee myself being really so local because locally, I like I am like local part of boards and we pass bills and we you know, no matter what, I don't need to be like 
a public figure in politics or I, I shouldn't say politics. I'm not like political. I just focus on like doing good in the point, like in government. Um, so I don't really need to be like governor or a district seat or anything like that. So like at the city council or some of our meetings or some of our boards, we actually push bills to get approved to change laws. So even if someone's hearing this and you're like, well, I don't really want like all the drama and the attention, you can still change laws. And I actually used to go to like meetings and help like my mom with historical preservation districts and laws and ordinances when I was really young and also raised money for the city. So th those are things that no one knows about, um, but I have been doing that since I've been really little. And I like, it's easy for me. I actually more so is paying attention. I just did like the FEC convention. It's for like financial campaigns um, for people who are running for government. And when I was, it's like actually really easy math and really easy stuff. But for me, I feel like, so, again, like I'm attacked even just trying to go to Harvard. So I just feel like, okay, like if I'm going to do campaigns or anything like that, I also said to myself, why do I even need to be worried about financials and campaigning and all that blase blah? Like I am inundated with campaigning emails of like, hate this person don't do this like that's like it's like jesus like i don't like i put it in my inbox and stuff because i just pay tribute to what the hell i'm not gonna do because it's freaking annoying but i i just think you know what it cost me no money to just go run and do the right thing it actually literally cost me like no no give a shits to anyone else i'm gonna just go do what is right by the people and i think i want to ask for money i don't think i'd ask for donate this to do this i understand how the government is set up which i actually think needs to change because other people of like different diversities and backgrounds they probably don't have the money to like run for certain positions that i'm looking for because you have to have like at least five thousand dollars and that's why you see big like that's why you see people like cult like getting in big parties because even if they don't have the money they're like okay well if i join this campaign they're going to fund me and they're going to like keep asking people for money all the time and like switch over the funds for me to run. And I actually just don't want to keep archaically doing something that like doesn't really help our system anymore. So I'm just going to go do it and like not ask people for money. I know. Insane. Yeah. I don't know what, like what position should I, don't I do? Know. What, what should you go for? I, I mean, should I go for like missionary? <laughs> <laughs> kidding kidding no but if i am in office i obviously couldn't do that because then i'd be sexually harassing <laughs> myself or somebody else you know right of course um so no i just had to be lighthearted because it was so serious no but i do feel like a senator or something of that nature maybe one day president who knows shoot for um, the stars I is, yeah i am because you know what i i care about children i care about men i care about women i care about rights i care about everyone of all backgrounds, Russian, Tajikistan, whatever, showing up on your race card so that you can feel like you're included in America. By the way, America is a cosmopolitan. It is, everybody is here. And I just think we need to catch up in our government. And I, I use the government. I've actually never been approved for any government financial aid or anything. <laughs> so I kind of am like, you know what? Let me just help that out because yeah. 
I see a lot of people who need it, they don't get it. And then I see like a lot of our funds are like this way, that way. I'm very good at auditing and money budgeting. So that's why I'm like, I don't even need to ask for money for campaigning. Don't give me money. Like, let me just get to work. I want to take you back. Uh, well, I guess, you know, 13 years now. Um, 13. We're 13. Going way back. We're going way back. My daughter is almost 13. Oh, my. Is her birthday coming up soon? Ah! I, maybe I'll throw her a bond mitzvah. Oh, you should do it. Almost. Those almost. February. We're actually going to Israel. So we're doing the Bible tour. And I'm really excited for that. So um, like Dead Sea, Sea of Babylon, the Western Wall. When's that happening? Um, Holy month, September. Wow. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. Enjoy that. Um, have you been? I have never been, no. Okay. What would you do in Israel? Because I might do it for you and then totally like blast it on social media and then you hate me for it. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me think. Well, I've heard, I have, I have a lot of friends that have done birthright and they tell me about all the, the hikes that they, they get up at 4 or 5 a.m. They're going on these crazy oh. hikes and seeing, I mean, it's beautiful apparently. Um, and they're seeing all these very uh, historical landmarks. And then uh, I hear the, the the clubs in Tel Aviv are pretty fun. I don't know if, well, not So not I definitely yet. don't do clubs. I'm, I'm definitely like, like Jesus. I need Jesus. So I'm there for okay. Jesus. But I will say this. I don't get up at 4 a.m. and hike. Yeah. Like I'm not on <laughs> No, I don't do that either. I am like totally like Ritz Carlton yeah. in Hoffa. I like, like that. I'm going to like just. Have you ever camped, Farah? Do I camp? Have you I ever? Glamp. Have you? Yeah, I know. I imagine you glamp, but have you ever camped? I'm sure I have. You don't remember it? Yeah, I probably pissed on myself too. <laughs> this probably, I got probably like uncomfortable. I'm not a camper, but I am a hunter. You're a hunter. What do you hunt? I don't know. Pheasants. <laughs> do you do that often? No, I try not to use a gun that much anymore. People mm. hate that. Yeah. Yeah. You probably get more hate for that too. Um, real quick. So, do you ever think about how or how often do you think about the 17-year-old Pharaoh? I think about every age of Pharaoh all the time. And what do you actually. think about? If we think if we're talking about myself in the third person. Um, but there's a lot of self-talk that I think is healthy for everyone. Um, I think about her all the time. Why? <laughs> well, what do you what do you think about when you I guess, reminisce on your past. And I mean, and for me, the, the thing that I think is also interesting um, about your story is it's one thing to kind of go through the life that you've lived. It's another thing to go through the life that you've lived in the public eye the entirety of the time um, and have to deal with not only like the actual events of your life, but then everybody who has something to say or an opinion on it. So that's why I'm curious, you know, if you if you think about 17 year old you or 21 year old you and and what that means to you today. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a, okay. So I think 17 year old me who like lost the love of her life and was also like pregnant, having a child, um, had to wake up to like a whole other world, like the next day and live it. Um, well, I went through a really, really hard time. I actually went through a lot of really hard things that all at once, uh, when I was 17 and I'm proud of that girl because you know what, the reason why I think back to the fair, I was at 17 and along the way here 
And it's because I always call back to that Farah because she had balls. She did not stop. Even when I like didn't sleep for three days, um, I was such a mess. I had a newborn. I had all these adults, you know, saying this, doing that, thinking this, like I had enough opinions. I didn't need any more. And realistically, I did the best that I could do when nobody else could really know what to tell me or what to do and or live my life. Um, no one, no adult around me lost the love of their lives. No adult around me had a child and also was going through bereavement. Um, like my mom was thinking I was like, uh, there's like some word for women who like just have kids, like postpartum depression. She like kept thinking that she was so off course. And I just know, like, I think that's the problem with any age at any age, girl, guy, boy, kid, adult. If you are ever trying to make something right for other people, just to like alleviate stress for other people and not take care of yourself, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I was the most depressed I have ever seen myself because I was trying to do good for my family, for others, for work, for this, for that, my kid. It was like, who am I? And I did. I ended up losing myself. I was suicidal. Um, I had to go to therapy every day. I was crying. I got kicked out of my classes then for crying. Um, and you know what, when that happens, you have to rebuild yourself and you have to remember like the strong person and the great person who you were before then. And thank God I lived a crazy good life before all that hit me. Um, death, newborn baby, TV, fame, all of that. Um, because if I didn't have that, um, and if I didn't have like survival mode and like fight for justice vibe when I was growing up, I don't think I really could have survived through like, like the wrongful firing I went through. I don't think that would have turned out so nice. Um, yeah, I've been through a lot and I really appreciate it. And I think there's a lot to learn from it. I don't know. I was more prepared uh, getting through a pandemic, all of this political stuff, um, the hatefulness, um, blockages. I was actually overly prepared for anything that could have happened in our society, in our economy, because I've just like really lived through it all. Well, first, I mean, and for people that aren't familiar with your story, I'm sure that they'll go and, and look it up. But I think you, first of all, should be proud of yourself and everything you've you've done because the strength that it takes for everything that you've gone through, especially at such a young age and especially in the public eye, is something that I can't imagine. I don't think a lot of people have ever, uh, that most people haven't gone through. So um, for that, I, I salute you. And I think that you, you know, for many out there, um, you know, I'm sure there, and you probably see all the messages and the notes, you're an inspiration, you know, and some people might be like, oh, well, can a reality star be this or that? And they can they can have their opinions. But I'm curious, is there a note or uh, or a conversation that you had, like a singular one that stood out to you that may have changed your life from, you know, perhaps a, a teen mom or someone who has gone through uh, a similar struggle that you've been open and uh, strong enough to talk about? Yeah, I'm going to because there's so many. Um, I'm going to su I'm going to kind of sum some okay. sum it up. There is something that keeps repeating in my messages. Um, and the repeat is there will be, and in real life, there will be um, women who, or men actually, uh, so you could be female or male and 
the messages and or in person, it kind of goes something like this. Like, I, I am so proud of you, like getting past the show and your mom and becoming of your independence. It's helped show me so much. And that could be in multiple multitudes of different ways and dimensions. So, um, and then when we get down to the bottom of everything, when a lot of what like people are trying to transcribe in person to me and in letters, it's really like the survivor, like they are surviving to however they can best. And they wish that they had other people standing up for them, but it wasn't their mom. It wasn't like anyone else around them. They're still very like to themselves about this. Maybe they're still carrying shame or whatever guilt or whatever somebody else was trying to put on them. Like as their parents were trying to heal themselves, act like their kids were so great, put pressure on their kids, but it was kind of like abusive vibes. The reason why I bring that up is because that is what if us, as we grow up into adults, if we don't cure that insufficiency of saying, I don't need to make my parent look good. I don't need to do good by my parents. Like I am good. Like I actually have done way better than both of my parents. And I also support my parents or I don't talk to them because I can't deal with the abuse anymore. But I say to those who like reach out to me and are trying to describe like, yeah, fair, I totally understand. Like I had a mom like you, like, I know, like my dad was just like your mom or like, I always get this like every day, even on, if I put something therapeutic up on Instagram, I know someone's going to say something to me and that's my tribe. And I think there needs to be more empowerment. And I think maybe some people in the baby boomer generations really disown like kind of like the weight they put on the next generation, which is my generation of like whatever perfectionism that they need to see to feel good about themselves. Cause maybe they are lacking something in themselves. Their kids don't need to be that for them. Their kids don't need to like do anything for them to feel good. I just need to feel good within like my day and do good for me. Um, and I gotta say, if, if I'm not doing good, nobody else is doing good. So I, I applaud, I don't know if that makes sense, but I applaud others who have just moved on and are not being held back by any toxicity of their parents. And when I say like, people are so affected by this, like they will be around the wrong friends. They will be like, oh, I can handle the abuse because I've grown up around the abuse. You don't need to just say, oh, that's another abusive person. Oh, that's another da 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 da. No, you need to say, I deserve better. And that's not just another, I don't need to even deal with it anymore. And you just need to move on. So that's what I've done. I practice my life every day and I'm, I'm fortunate for my new level of life. And, um, I'm excited for other people. And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves and now they've introduced a subscription 
food delivery service, and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month, and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. And speaking speaking of uh, parents and parenthood, I'm curious, um, when you were 17, what were some of the fears that you had perhaps uh, coming into motherhood? And I'm sure, you know, and my mom is the same way. She, when I was born, she had her fears and she has her fears now. But what are, how different are, <laughs> how different are those fears um, uh, or thoughts, not just fears, doesn't have to be negative, of, you know, parenthood when you think about uh, your progression as a parent over time? Okay, so fears are just normal. I think we are like psychologically in our society to be like, fear, 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 right? Um, and I'm also like a Midwest girl, Midwest Iowa girl. Like we're paranoid AF, like, oh my God, he could have a gun because he looks like this. Watch out, right? Um, so I try to just like stop the Midwest paranoid chick thing because like, whoa, that'll drive me crazy. Um my fear. Okay. So I want to say something like this. I had high hopes. Like I was like praying for, okay. So Sophia's dad and I, we were going through a legal situation because of our parents. And that's why we were not talking at a time. Like police literally showed up to the house and we're like, do not talk or see each other anymore until after the court. You can only imagine how hard that is. And so you just have to like rely on faith to get through that. And so I'm like praying for people. I'm just hoping everything works out. Well, I mean, like the fear of everything not working out or the fear of whatever, like my parents were also going through a divorce. My dad was like trying to figure out when he was moving out. Like there was just like, I had no idea what the hell my life was turning into on top of doing a TV show on top of like transforming into something. I don't even know what I'm transforming into. I hope my kid's okay. Like I literally just prayed for like, I don't even know what gender I'm having. I didn't even care about a party. I didn't care about anything. They threw me a huge party. People just surprised me with gifts when I was pregnant. I was so fortunate. Um, but like, I just prayed for like health and well-being because I think I was just traumatized from all the chaoticness. And I hate to say it like that. I just had so much going on while I was like trying to figure out what my life was that I was just hoping for something good, but it actually really got like even kind of like worse before it got better. And that is sad. <laughs> I'm not going to cry, but that is depressing. Um, fears. I mean, I don't know. I just had like, I don't know why I have to say this, but the Christmas, which is like right before the car accident where I lost a few's dad, it was a revelation. It was like a wake up call. Um, when I was like still feeling like, I was going to get gifts for myself at Christmas, but no, I opened the gift and it was for a child. I don't know anymore. <laughs> and I didn't know whether to like, I was actually going to fucking cry. And I say that because our denials are just as equal as those fears. Mm -hmm. So fear is not really real. Denial is real. And I think, any fear that I've ever had, like when people are like, don't leave a show, it's for your kid. Like your kid was born on this show. 
I have to have a sense of self as a good mom. I have a damn good sense of guilt. Like I will not be called a hypocrite. And I know that protecting and making sure my child is not hijacked by anyone or anything is my first like, like rule number one. But like, I don't know. I, I just feel like fear is what I, I just think like I kind of more so put my faith in God, obviously, and whatever that is to other people, they can ponder that. Um, I, I don't know. I have to say I have the most unreal surreal days of my life. And if I didn't have that significant power that be, then that wouldn't help me be the best parent I could. That wouldn't, I mean, I don't even know if I'd be alive, but fear is not something that is real to me. And I think that's why I had to say it, how I said it earlier, just because I'm used to being around criminalistic activity, just because that's okay. There's another mental ill, ill person. Okay. That's just another killer. Um, just cause I know that and I'm not scared of it doesn't mean I need to keep allowing it to happen. Like I, I need to evolve. And I think other people who like watch my story keep evolving with me and I needed to evolve as well. <laughs> and fear does not help anyone evolve, but depression, sadness, and like big life yays or big life, like no's they will help you get to whatever level in a positive way. And that's what, how I wrote my first book, even when I was depressed. I'm curious, what are your conversations or what were the conversations like, um, or some of the earliest conversations that you had with Sophia about, you know, what to expect uh, first if she were to go on the internet, if she were to rewatch some of the, the old, um, you know, episodes, if she was to look up her mom or to, to kind of understand her story and where she comes from. Um, because, you know, the, the reality is, is that, uh, you know, she has uh, an unbelievable mother with a whole life. And you, you actually said a, a very interesting thing, I think. And I don't know if it was, I think it was on Impulsive. Um, you said, I don't have a jaded past. I have a lived past, um, which I really liked. Uh, but, you know, I guess trying to explain that to a, to a, uh, a kid um, and just explain what you've been through is, uh, is probably a lot. I don't know if that, if you would agree with that. And I don't know how you uh, went about that and um, the kinds of conversations that and the kinds of questions that she had that you felt um, maybe stuck with you. Yeah. So Sophia and I, um, maybe on like YouTube as well, um, we've shared some of that. Like we'll rewatch some of the episodes of Team Mom. Um, I'm sure Sophia shared like, you know, she was bullied a lot. Um online so she's definitely talked about like what she sees and how it affects her and like it's not okay because other kids are being affected by the internet um my daughter though uh beyond like having a top googled mom <laughs> and having actually sophia has like one of the top baby names like she was credited as having one of the top baby girl names wow and I've saved all of those things. Sophia has like not even a baby book. She has like a baby vault and she has so many successes and highs and searches and all that fun stuff. And I, I applaud Sophia because she is very talented and she is very smart and she's very in touch with herself. I raised her to be that way. Um, and she was born that way. So I shouldn't take credit for it. Um, Sophia is not shocked by anything that she sees. It's more shocking and it's more hurtful to see really what we go through 
on a daily basis um, that is traumatizing at times. Like we've gotten off of a plane and my daughter and I are in first class. I have some gate agent who claims that I am not her mom and starts yelling at me and saying I'm lying to my kid and the whole plane has to sit there and vouch for me. And then cops are called, I gotta call my parents. Like I have had some horrific things because of a show that has done exemplified that's the problem with television sometimes and that's why i work so hard um is you cannot exemplify bad behavior and doing bad to others on tv because then in real life other people feel like they can go ahead and do that to that person but even worse and my daughter god bless her because she's going to be armed with everything and more um, so I also, I also feel like most people, when they interview me, they're like, Oh, so he's going to be 16 soon. It's like, yeah. Are you like plotting to see something bad happen to my child? Like my daughter doesn't ever have to be me who is uneducated in entertainment, who didn't know entertainment laws, who didn't understand how to protect herself, but then was like literally one of the most famous people overnight. And my daughter knows the laws. My daughter has a mom who is degreed now and everything and knows how to protect me, myself and my child and my family. Um, I think that's why I kind of feel like, like sports teams, uh, a lot of my friends who are on sports teams, even though they come from middle of nowhere and they put them on sports teams, they also invest heavily in educating them group environments and kind of guiding them a little bit. Even if I'm not even, I don't even need to talk about talent, like talent, sports or entertainment people, right? I could talk about Applebee's. Applebee's, you can go and you can go get a job and you're going to be trained, educated in an environment of a group. They can offer you insurance. They can offer you this. They can offer you that. Okay. All I'm saying is they're getting you acclimated to understand your surroundings and be successful. In reality television, or what they wish, where they want to hold reality television, and the people and how they want to treat them, which is like trash, but I don't treat myself like trash. Um, there is no guidance. They love to keep you ignorant. And the more harm, the better. So I refuse to do that. And that's why I guess I was the only one who stood up for themselves and actually succeeded and like rising above like poverty and getting pregnant again and making really bad choices. Um, I'm not gonna be the first sex symbol or sensation person who doesn't have people prey upon them or do like weird things or try to steal from them or anything like that. That's been done, that'll continue to be done to people. And I really hope you know, the warning is out there for others who are in the public eye. I mean, gosh, now people aren't going to be born on MTV. They're going to be born on Netflix. And I, my daughter and I talk about that heavily because I, I brace my daughter for what, you know, if she wants to go back to work, but she keeps saying she wants to, um, and she's, uh, she's ahead in school. So she must really want to get back to work. Um, I, I educate her. I'm not ever putting my daughter in a bad situation to be hijacked by a production company, by an agent, by a manager, by anyone, um, or to be persuaded by a man or a woman um, off of any vulnerabilities.
And now we're just going to take another quick break because I am super excited to announce that I have once again partnered up with Eat Clean Bro. As many of you longtime listeners know, I've been a fan of and worked with Eat Clean Bro in the past, and they are, in my opinion, the best freshly prepped meal company out there today. If you are someone like myself who perhaps isn't the best cook or has long work days and no desire to put together a meal but wants to keep a healthy and balanced diet, Eat Clean Bro is absolutely the company for you. They have delicious meals that are also incredibly healthy that include freshly prepped salmon and asparagus, shrimp, spinach, chicken, and a whole lot more. I personally like to top off my meals with their chocolate and peanut butter protein balls that are my absolute favorites. If you want to go to eatcleanbro.com today and use my promo code WTG, you'll receive 10% off of every single order. I'm not kidding when I say I really love this company and use them weekly myself. They help me maintain a steady diet and reduce the stresses and labor of putting together a good tasting healthy meal. Go check out eatcleanbro.com today. Now let's get back into it. Why do you think people love reality TV so much? Okay, so I don't know why other people like reality TV, but I will say this. My first my first love of reality TV, I used to be like the Midwest girl who would come home from in Iowa, who would turn on, uh, I think it was TRL. I also used to watch like Boy Meets World, Degrassi. Uh, I don't know what else was out at that time. But I loved television. Like TV, 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 like that's me. And I guess as entertainment industry changes and oh my God, weird, like now we're on TV, now we're, we're on the covers of magazines and now I have a child. Um, I'm like, well, like, I don't know. I don't really like to watch TV much. I love to always support and watch TV every, every week with my fans because I felt compelled to do that. If they're going to watch, I'm going to watch. If they're going to see something, I'm going to see something. But I think that actually did something therapeutic for me because I got to watch myself. I got to watch. I mean, I actually became very, very smart from watching myself and also crews and other people. And that's helped me in my career. But I think moving on, TV has changed in a way of it's sad because my daughter, who is like, oh my God, TikTok, right? So now I'm like a mom, which is weird. And I'm reverse. And Sophia's like, okay, well, I want to meet this person. I'm like, I want to go on this podcast. I want to do the show, like, da 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 da, right? Okay, well, I show up and like the entire narrative of this person's life and like their channel and everything is just like not even authentic. Like, at least I was giving people the real me as real as it could get other than being attacked and like fake scripted things by production, which they shouldn't even be allowed to do on documentary. But I was just like, whoa, like those people are like not even straight and they're not even talking and like, whoa, like that's just like foolery. Um, You know, it would be one thing if it was just like scripted, right? Like I'm friends with so many scripted people just show up and like do the scripted show. And I love scripted. but yeah, I don't know. TV now, I have to be honest, um, unless it has like some cool design factor, like there's this one on Netflix called like Beast, like Sexy Beast, okay. where they like do all these crazy designs and like that, like that costume designer should win an award, like Academy Award for that. Um, but if it's like, I don't know, I really just say, hey, so do you want to turn on basic TV? 
I, we just call reality TV basic people TV. And I know that sounds bad, but if you keep just regurgitating the same things and not doing like elevating anything, it kind of is just super like, I've already watched it and it's been the same. I do like how Netflix turned regular dating into like, have self-control. Like if you guys touch each other, kiss each other, whatever, you lose money. Yep. Um, so I think that was- I had, I had Harry Jowsey on and he was on, uh, on too hot to handle where they did that. And he lost first oh, night. He, too hot to he lost, he lost on the first night, by the way, all his money. Yeah. Well, he's stupid yeah. and he needs some self-control <laughs> get, you know, get the, get the dick problem handled. Exactly. Um, so anyways, I think things like that are good and forward thinking. I just think that we have way more ways to elevate story and create. And yeah, so half the time I was getting bored doing television and that's why I don't come back to TV as much as I do anymore. Um, And I'm just busy working on scripted stuff. So it takes a lot to screenwrite and it takes a lot to direct and have those things done. And yeah, and then once it's done, it's done and I'm ready to go. But Um, it's easy for me to show up and just work and just do talent, like real talent. I need no practice. I just show up and I can go, but for writing and like skill set and other things, that's something that challenges me. And how am I going to be like 17 again when I'm 30 and not evolve? So I think that's why I challenge myself. Where do you hope to see yourself in say five years or 10 years? I don't know. Like, some government position. Cause I care so much about that. I'll definitely have like my Juris doctorate or my PhD by then. Um, I don't know, hanging out, traveling, doing what I love, whether that's, <laughs> uh, just doing investments or whatever, like our teaching or I do so many things. Actually. I don't just do like one <laughs> to wrap things up. Um, I'm always curious and I, I love to, to get my guests insight on if they think about their legacy and hopefully many more years of successful, happy, healthy life. But do you ever think about, um, the legacy that you hope to leave? Yes, I think honestly, the legacy is not, I, I, I just hope like the legacy is just like, go for everything you want to go for. Um, I think that's easier said than done in every way. Go for everything you want to go for. I very rarely ever hear no, but yet sometimes I'll hold back. Um, And it's just because I don't like to work with negative people. Um, So it's just go for everything you want to go for. I think a lot of people will tell you or like in these success seminars or whatever, they're like, pick one thing and do that. Well, we have all learned one thing is not going to help get you anywhere. Um, and I have never been one thing, like even while I was doing a TV show, I think I was working three other jobs, full-time school, doing internships, like being a mom. Um, so I've never just done one thing. I've had like five things going on at one time. So I think just do everything and don't stop and keep, don't lose your sense of self. And I think you'll go everywhere. I think that's just the legacy. Like don't lose your sense of self and do everything you want to do. Awesome. Well, Farah, thank you uh, again so much for for taking the time today. I know you're obviously incredibly I so busy. Much fun. I had so much Felix and Farah. It was uh, truly a pleasure. Um, Felix and Farah. We need a little cartoon skit. That, That'd be fun. I'll get my producer on that ASAP. 
Um, but hopefully I meet you one day, either LA, New York, wherever it is, but I wish you all the best, um, your family and continued success. And, uh, hopefully, you know, Hey, run for president. I'll vote for you. All right. Let's make it happen. Thank you, Farah. Bye guys.